Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. to Strictly Hip Hop. As always, I'm your host, Chris Platty, at Real Chris Platty on all the social medias. If you don't know how to spell real, don't follow. And I am back, and this is a big review. We are reviewing Drake's double album, Scorpion. And we, because there's more than one guest today, I got my guy, Will Gill, the Hip Hop Review Podcast. And you guys all know my man, Andrew Durris. Andrew uh, did the did the Black Thought review with me a couple weeks back, and we also did the one of my biggest podcasts to date when he broke down the research paper. He's the president of the MSU Hip Hop Club. Andrew, how you doing, man? What's up? How's it going? Good, man. Good, man. Assembling a little bit of a dream team here on this podcast. So, it's coming together. Is this the new big three? Are we going to take on the Warriors? Oh, yeah. We're going to take on the Warriors for sure. <laughs> I just signed... With the Warriors, actually. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Five cents an hour. <laughs> Shit, I'll pay the Warriors to play for them. That's a free ring. But, uh, <laughs> all right, man. So let's jump into it. So a little bit of background information. Keep this brief because Drake is Drake. You don't need to know much about Drake. If you don't know much about Drake, I don't know why you're listening to this. I don't know what planet you live on. But Drake is Drake, one of the biggest artists in the game. Uh, this is fifth studio album, Scorpion. It is a double album, R&B and rap side. Rap side is side A, R&B is side B. And um, what else to add? Oh, yeah, he was in a beef with Pusha T. He got he got murdered. Um, he got murdered yeah. like a month ago. That's a polite way of saying it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, Drake is, that's, that's it about Drake. So um, some of the records he broke... <laughs> Some of the records he broke, um, Scorpion broke, had 132 million streams on Spotify within the 24, first 24 hours, which is a new record. Uh, also set a record on Apple Music for the same uh, set of 24 hours, its first 24 hours, with 170 million. All 25 songs were number 1 through 25 on iTunes. In My Feelings broke a one-week record stream with 116 million. Guys... I mean, these numbers are impressive. We knew Drake was going to do numbers, um, so what? So that was that was a very obvious initial expectation I had. What were some of the initial expectations you guys had? I'll start with you, Andrew. Yeah. So I mean, Drake has kind of been that guy that like never really makes incredible music, but like is so popular that he just sticks around forever and yet he's not even that guy anymore like he is almost untouchable at this point like we literally saw it with you know Pusha T just absolutely destroys his life on this diss track and then he like drops a double album and then breaks all these sales records like people don't even care 
at this point. They just still buy his album. He's like gone into this upper stratosphere of celebrity stardom in music that like the reputation doesn't even matter. It's just the name. You know, it would be like if Mercedes Benz released like a new series of cars and they all had defects and all blew up and killed millions of people. <laughs> and then they came out with a new line of cars and people still bought them because they were Mercedes Benz. This is what Drake is at this point. I've never really been like blown away by his music, especially like the more recent stuff he's come out with. And, you know, when you asked me to review the album, you were like, oh, do you want to listen to Scorpio or Scorpion? And I was like, not really, you know, <laughs> but, you know, I did it for you, man. I'm on the review. Expectations were about as low as they could be. So naturally, I was blown away. No, not really. But I don't know. It was just I'm not that big of a Drake fan. I enjoy real hip hop. And so it was just kind of like, not. I, I had no respect for this guy coming in. I'll wow. to be completely honest. Well, goddamn, that was dark. <laughs> I think we could just end the review here. <laughs> All right. oh Andy hit him. Andy hit him with the with the real hip hop line. Damn, damn. All right. Well, Gil, how are you feeling? <laughs> I should have probably went to you. You probably would start this podcast a little lighter, man. What do you think? Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Andrew got a lot to unpack on this podcast <laughs> with everything he just laid out. But for me, I would just say, um, it's Drake, man. I was excited. I don't give a fuck. And uh, <laughs> the reason why I'm excited is because I think it's tight that he decided to try to tackle um, a double album. You know, double albums in hip hop, there's not very many good ones. So I appreciate um, the most popular rapper in hip hop right now to try to tackle a task like a double album that has a long history of just like people being like, oh, too many songs, too many songs. Yes, it's a double album. Of course, it's too many songs. And then so I appreciate Drake for doing that. And since we're not getting like a direct response to the Pusha T record, uh, Kanye drops a seven song album, Pusha T drops a seven song album, uh, Nas, Cuddy, Kitsy, Ghost, these are all seven song albums. And I think it's just tight. I, again, I would rather have the response, but it's. I think it's a good look to be like, you know what, fuck y'all, I'm dropping last in the month, and here go 25 songs, fuck your seven. You know, mm -hmm. like, to me, that's tight. That's, that's superstar shit. That's how superstars roll up. No, Drake is not the greatest rapper in the game, but he is a superstar, and I thought that was a superstar move. So, uh, yeah, that made me excited about the album, even though there was no response to uh, Pusha T's... Uh, you know, you hiding a child. This uh, <laughs> song, but uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Platty, what about you, man? Um, you know, coming into this, I was excited like you because I know at the very minimum, and you know, I get, I get, um, I get flack for my criticism of Drake, but my criticism of Drake has always and only ever been that he just doesn't make great albums because he tries to do too much he tries to please every fan he he stacks together long albums um that are too long i think all of his albums if you cut them down to 12 14 tracks could be really good um some some still some still not that great like views but um but for the most part he can really always deliver you out of 20 18 19 20 songs he can always give you he can always give you 12 to 14 really solid ones and so coming into this i know like every Drake album, I'm going to take, a, there's going to be a couple songs that are really good and that I take away and I add to my Drake, my favorite Drake playlist or my, my, um, my favorites of Drake playlist that I have, you know, and pretty much each album has like three or four songs off of it. So, um, coming into this one with a double album, I was hoping to get a lot of, um, I was excited because I thought I was going to get a lot of highlights. Like Drake to me is, Drake to me is one of those artists that he doesn't make great albums, but he might have, but goddamn, he might have one of the greatest, greatest hit albums of all time when it's all said and done. If you stack together like his absolute best records or, you know, the, the example that everybody's always used is, you know, I mean, he can put together probably one of the best sets of music uh, for, for like a concert that you, you could ever go to almost. Like he has a great collection of hits, but in the grand scheme of things, it's always been, um, 
it's always been a few in each project and because he kind of oversaturates himself but i was still excited and also i was excited for the r&b verse rap side i was gonna see i was curious to see you know just how how much he'd separate himself because i feel like he's an artist that obviously has both in all all records but um but doesn't really um like i've never i wanted to see him commit to like a pretty much just rap side and a pretty much just r&b side because i think because I think a lot of times he'll he'll try to blend both within a record. So I wanted to see him do more records where one is just rapping, one is just R&B, and kind of see where that goes. So I was of course excited, um, but yeah, that was that was my thought. So I'll kick it back off to Andrew. Um, Andrew, what were what's the first track you want to get into off this record? Yeah, so I'll just start off with the intro track. I'll be honest, when I heard this the first time, I was very impressed. I was like, okay. Now we're getting somewhere. Drake has not rapped. Uh, I'm talking about Survival, the very first track. Um, Drake has not rapped like this probably since, I don't know, like early, early days. Like even before nothing was the same. Like wow. when he was still with Wayne and he was learning how to rap, I think is when he actually rapped his best. And this was like, a callback to that. It's just a straightforward, you know, freestyle over a beat or whatever. And I was very impressed. And he kept saying, you know, this is just the intro. This is just the intro. And I believed him. And that was a mistake. But I got to be honest, the the intro track is pretty good. It is good. It's a great start to an album. Um and I, I do like a lot of the things he says. I think a lot of the lines are clever. You know, my Mount Rushmore is me with four different expressions. That's a bar. That's, that's pretty tight. I can't deny that. You know, there's a couple of other things that he says. Uh, something. Yeah, I don't know. That's the, the whole thing about uh, daddy got suits like Bernie Mac. <laughs> I don't know. That was pretty funny. But... Yeah. Chris, I got to be honest, the the reason that I just have a problem, I guess with this song and then the entirety of the album, is that like, if Pusha didn't release what he released, I would be more vastly impressed with what Drake has to say. But the fact that in this opening track, he's bragging about himself, and he doesn't once bring up the beef, he doesn't once bring up the diss, you know, I know it was kind of short notice, he maybe only had a month. But if this is off the cuff kind of writing stuff, like don't be calling yourself the greatest of all time when literally like three weeks ago your life got turned inside out by push a T. Okay? By push a T. Half the like world doesn't even know who push a T is. Like real hip hop has no who push a T is. They respect him. But like this is just the same crap he's been going off again, like again and again. And yes, they're fire lines. They're really good you know bars here the flow is tight it's like one of the best that he's had in a while it's just like i don't believe him though man <laughs> you know like no it's I'll, like i kind of i kind of want to speak on what you said so you brought it up very uh to the very beginning is you know when you referenced the intro part and and we'll get I'll, i wonder if you'll feel the same way here but um with the intro when he kept kind of referencing like this is the intro let me not get ahead of myself you know, you're right. Like when I was first listening to it at midnight with my homie Chris, I'm looking at him and I'm like, damn, like, okay, he's really like, he's setting up to go up. But the problem was, is I, is you're right. It's a very good intro track. Very solid. I agree with you on that. I love it. But what kind of takes away from it is the fact that he never really had that record where he went all the way in. So this was kind of like, this was like, this was like the kind of like the, the half the half the half cock shot and you know it was like it was like um damn i'm trying to remember the analogy that i heard but it's almost like drake is like the best at um at having like drake drake songs are a lot like uh, drake aggressive songs are a lot like a, a gun that's jammed like he has he has an idea he but he doesn't pull he doesn't go all the way through with it he doesn't fully pull the trigger with his aggression and he always scales it back to try and be the too cool guy. And I think that sometimes, sometimes it works, but times like this, when you're coming off of a, a huge beef, like the push a T beef, like 
and you have a lot of criticism, this is one of those times where you need to actually go off, in my opinion. Will Gill, did you feel the same way? Uh, yeah, and uh, to your guys' points, I feel like throughout, especially the A side of this album, um, he didn't give us one direct response, like, oh, here, this is going to kill Pusha T. But I think throughout most of the songs on side A, he's lacing a lot of bars towards Pusha T, good music, Kanye. And just so we just so the listeners are clear, Pusha T got a beef with Drake. Drake got a beef with Kanye West. Yeah. And Kanye West's shooter is Pusha T. Yes. So all this little stuff that's going on, like yeah, Drake Drake probably feels some type of way because and we need to say something about Pusha T just because Pusha T went at him so direct. But the beef Drake has with them, with good music, is with Kanye. Kanye's the head of the snake. And um, and a, another example of like how he's just kind of sprinkling in bars here and there for good music. Just on the intro, he goes, uh, I fell back a hundred times when I don't get the credit. Seen this movie a hundred times, I know where it's headed. Realize someone got to die when no one would debt it. Niggas gambling their life for some content. That's the type of lottery that could get your top picked. It's like th- those those are con- those bars are for Kanye. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he, he writes for Kanye. I, I know uh, when the the album came out, Yikes came out, and it wasn't confirmed that Drake wrote that hook. Mm-hmm. I fell back a hundred times. I don't get the credit. We know who that bar is for. That's for Kanye. And I yeah. think I think I I like the way that uh, Drake kind of addressed the beef throughout small snippets of the album. You know, it's not exactly what I wanted, but I think he does a good job at punching his bars in here and there, you know, letting them know that, you know, here's some jabs and uh, I got some more to say because there's some things that he says very subtle that I'll get into later. Yeah. That he's kind of like holding over their heads as as subliminals, I think. And he's just saying, if y'all want to keep going, this is what I'm holding. And then just uh, back to survival as an intro track, I want to say Drake, he's been doing just I think one of the Drake's biggest skill is capturing capturing people's attention with the intro song on More Life. He gave us Free Smoke, one of the strong songs on that uh, uh, on that playlist. If you're reading this too late, it opens with Legend. Nothing was the same. Tuscan Leather, Take Care is Over My Body, Thank Me Later, opens with Fireworks. So um, this play is seen before with Drake giving out very strong intros for mm-hmm. his album. And uh, this is another example of it, survival. Yeah, and one one last one last point I want to have, then I could toss it to you, Andrew, if you have anything to respond to. Um, but you know, just to go off of directly off of what you said about those intros, is yeah, they're very. Um, it was also it was all like they're always very strong with Drake, um, and they're always very confident, very direct, very poised. Um, and we'll get to that later because he does that on other tracks here, but. Um, it was especially good to hear that. Like that was exactly what you wanted to hear after the push of T beef, right? Was you wanted to hear Drake come in confident and assertive, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that was uh, Andrew. Did you have anything you wanted to respond to, or do you want to toss to Will Gill for his first record? No, nah, man. I I agree with everything you guys say. I, I do. Um, yeah, and what Will said about the whole thing about Kanye. Yeah, that is absolutely true. And I do feel like, you know, Drake is subtly attacking, you know, good music while not actually directly doing it. But, I mean, I won't even get mad at Drake for not calling out Kanye West. I mean, Kendrick Lamar killed every single rapper in the game on the control verse, and he left Kanye West out of that list. He's not an idiot, okay? Like, (laughs) you know, Kanye can destroy people's careers in a second and so while you know he did have to shoot back at Pusha T I was expecting him to do that he didn't really do it you know his beef is more with good music and Kanye I'm not exactly expecting the world from him in that regard but that's all I'll say about that um yeah go ahead Will what's your track all right for sure um I'm gonna hop into track number four emotionless and man I just want to say shout out 40, shout out No ID because this yeah. Mariah Carey flip was just flawless, man. Drake loves rapping over these pop R&B samples. And he's mm-hmm. been doing his whole career examples are like the single Nice For What 
Teenage Fever on More Life, Hold On on uh, We're Going Home, Hold On We're Going Home on Nothing Was the Same. And uh, Emotionless to me, man, I'm not going to front, is my favorite record of the bunch. Uh, the large soulful production, uh, Drake, to me, quite frankly, snaps on the record. You really know Drake is in his feelings when he opens the bar, when his opening bar is, uh, don't hit me. Don't leak me when you hear this. It's like Drake is like super moody just to start the record, and I'm here for that. Um, breaking speed records on roads niggas paved, and they don't like that. It's written all on their face. Kanye West hold that bar. Iconic duo, rip split at the seams. Thrones hold that bar. Uh, good-hearted people taking things to extreme. Push a T, hold that bar. And uh, I even like the little Instagram thought shot that he threw out there when he said, yeah. I, know a girl, I know a girl that uh, once wanted to go to Rome, and then when she was in Rome, all she did was post pictures for people back at home. Word, Drake, I know you be fucking them Instagram thoughts. I know you tired of them, and you needed to get that bar off your chest. Uh, production is fire. Drake is moody, and I'm here for it on uh, track four, Emotionless. Uh, Chris Platty, how you feel about that record? Man, I'm... Uh, I'm co-signing pretty much everything everything you said um the bars were the bars were great the watch the throne bar was very good um the i seen iconic duos ripping uh rip at the uh what's it say iconic seems. duos yeah seems. rip at the seams yeah and uh again the mariah carey sample like you said that's in his bag 100 percent. this is some of drake's best rapping and you know that verse about the instagram caption like that's just brilliant that's just drake rapping to his main demographic which is which is young, fe- <laughs> young females and dudes that want young females. So, um, so yeah, it's a it's a really dope track, standout, all time great track for me. Will, uh, sorry, Andrew, what did you think of that? Yeah, I agree. I thought the bar was uh, his little story. This is one thing I, I won't ever really knock Drake against is I do think that he has a profound ability to tell a story. Um, you know, he's obviously not up there with like you know, Nas or Ghost in that regard, but, you know, he raps different. And I think that's one thing people maybe misunderstand. That's what I misunderstand about him. And this is like part of that, where it's it's not this profound story, but it's something about our generation and our culture that he observes and is able to bring through music. And that is pretty admirable and pretty impressive. And I don't really know, you know, of too many artists that can do that as consistently as he can. Um, this is a great track. This is one of the few that I, I really did enjoy. And I, I kind of sat back and said, okay, I'm, you know, listening to what he's saying and I'm, I kind of appreciate what he's saying. So yeah, this was a great track to call out. I like this one. Yeah. Um, one, one thing I want to add is my favorite bar here for, from this, from this whole verse. Um, so, or from this whole, whole track, because, um, I just think, I just think it's very, very interesting. Um, one, it's dope that it's dope that Drake uh, shouts out, reminds you he's from Canada. I swear, a lot of the times I forget that he's actually Canadian. Um, with the with the bars, you know, working in the land of the free, home of the brave. Gotta bring my brothers or else I'm out of place. But the big the big line to me that's interesting. And Will Gill, you brought this up earlier about addressing Kanye, and I think this is another Kanye line: is breaking breaking speed records on roads roads that these people paved. Now that to me is at Kanye because I because who is who is always credited as the guy who 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 laid the foundation for Drake it's Kanye right like Kanye Drake is really a combination of like Kanye and Lil Wayne almost right like that's like that's like what that's what people like to quickly that's how people like to quickly summarize Drake and how his um and and where his influence came or where his style came from um, you know, not not even tracing it, and some people will trace it back further to Andre 3000 and stuff, which I believe is is a lot of Drake as well. But uh, but Kanye is really the main one. So do you think that do you am I stretching here by thinking that's that's a bar uh, at Kanye? Definitely not. Uh, and then just to follow up bars like breaking speed records on roads paved. Uh, the next bar goes, and they don't like that is written all on their face. Who in the game we know have the most, the best upset face in the game right now? And it's Kanye West. So just in case you were like, oh, am I Brilliant. stretching? That, that next bar will let you know that, nah, fam, you ain't, you ain't stretching. Damn. Damn, I didn't even piece that together. That's a, that's, that's a good peek right there. Um, 
All right, so let's jump to, you know, all right. Since we've been on the rap side so far, um, I'll stay. I'll stay with the rap side and go to the outro of the rap side. Is there more? Um, this to me is Drake's best rapping. Um, up there with up there with emotionless. It's very poised, confident, direct with his delivery. Um, you know, like like he was on the intro. Um, Drake always gives amazing outros. I think the only thing better than Drake intros are Drake outros. Um, oh. And and so it's so it's awesome. It's it's exactly what I wanted to hear from Drake. Uh, but man, those bars that just don't sit well with me every time is those is those bars about you know I love a challenge, but challenged by who? Like, bro, you just got challenged. You just got challenged and backed away from a beef. Like you st- like straight up. Like, what do you mean challenged by who, fam? You just got challenged. That. That shit never sits right with me every single time. I get really upset when I hear that one. Um, and then, you know, but he does he does come in with the hard bars about, you know, even if you, uh, my peers are a talented group, but even if you take other statistics and carry the two, even if you rounded up the numbers and rounded the truths, there's still nothing they could really do. Again, that's Drake flexing at, because his numbers that he posts are just astronomically better than any artist in the game. Um, but... Yeah, that that bar really frustrated me, but I do love the saving grace of that song to me is that end sample, which is uh, from Aaliyah's song, More Than a Woman. It puts a nice close on the album while also setting up the R&B side. So it serves as both if you're listening to it in the context of like this is the end of a Drake album and if you're listening to it in its entirety where it's like, okay, this leads into the R&B side. So it was a perfect sample choice there. Um, I love that. I love that sample choice, but yeah, this was one of my favorite records. Um, Will, what did you think about this one? Yeah, very solid. Um, if I had to pick one record though, where I was like, I want introspective Drake on like a subtle forty beef beat, uh, that would have been Sandra's Rose. I think that record's just a little bit more better, but uh, just a very solid record. Great intro, like you said, Drake. If there's one thing he does better than intros, is outros, and he gave us two of them on this album. And this is definitely the better one of the two outros. Yeah. Andrew, what'd you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think side one as a whole is better than side two. Um, but this is it's a decent outro. I mean, he he does say a lot of things that are very hypocritical of <laughs> what's going on yeah. actually in his life. And the whole, you know, too many Walt Disney characters, mouses and goofs. <laughs> First of all, that's not really a good line. Second of all. I'm like, are you talking about yourself? I don't really know. But he has, I mean, he has some interesting things in here. Uh, it's just a lot of the, to me, a lot of these things, like you already said, is very hypocritical of what he's doing. And I feel like he's not really saying anything after a while. Like, it's really remarkable to me how long this album is and how very little is actually said, you know? And I think that it's just kind of a tell of, you know what Drake is as an artist, what he stands for, what he what he does as a as a um, you know a, a rapper. He's got great lines in here. Um, I did like the sweeter the berry, the blacker the juice. That's pretty smart um, and kind of in depth if you go into it. But a lot of this stuff is really surface level. Um, you know what you got time on your hands or time on your side. What? You know <laughs> I don't know. It to me. There was a lot of things. All the high points had equally low points um, throughout the whole album and the closing track. Very appropriate to close out that level. Hmm. Yeah, I th- I think the only other interesting thing to talk about um, is this is the fact that he has the line: "As soon as this album drops, I'm out of the deal." Um, I think that's a very interesting thing. I was listening to a podcast. Shout out to On Deck TV. Shout out my guys, Animal Brown and Spike Lou. You guys know them. They've been on my podcast. Um, they shouted me out on their podcast. They're really dope. They do they do dope content. But they had um, they they were talking in their podcast, and they said Drake should just do um, because usually when when artists get out of deals, they sign three album or four album, five album, six album deals, something like that, anywhere from like three to six range. Um, and, but Drake should just start doing the LeBron and just doing one plus one because, I mean, Drake Drake gets it back. So that's an interesting idea. I'm really curious to see that if he really is out of the deal with cash money, um, just 
what exactly he'll do next. And that's and that's a crazy thing to think of because of how much money he does. And now he's in such a position of power. He's literally at the height of his career and popularity. So um, so I just think that's something really uh, interesting to think about. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say if Birdman is the head of your label that you're under, you you should probably be pretty excited to be off the label. <laughs> <laughs> Word. Word. Yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what he does next. So that's something that really piques my interest um, as far as what he's going to do business-wise next. But, uh, but, Andrew, I'll toss it back to you now. So what's your other record you want to highlight? Because I believe you got one on the R&B side, right? Yeah, so I've got the... Uh... This was uh, number one for a couple weeks. I think it was back and forth, number one. Nice for what? This was kind of the single besides God's plan that uh, came off of this whole LP. Um, Yeah, I wanted to highlight it because I liked it. Um, You know, if I highlighted every song I disliked, we'd be here for like quite a long time. But this was a song that I thought was really, really good. And I think... Uh, you know, part of the reason Murder Beats goes in, the production is absolutely, you know, fantastic. Anytime you sample the Queen, you know, Lauren Hill, you're, you're going to get a win. And even if you're Drake and he wins in this one, uh, it's just, it's a fantastic beat. It's such a light, you know, really light, upbeat production. The, the rapping is, you know, good enough for me to not roll my eyes every two seconds. It's just like, it's a really summary beat i think is a good song uh, way to say i think rolling stone called it the song of the summer and i'd agree with that it's a great song i've listened to it more than once um <laughs> more than, <laughs> i listened to it a lot hot more than take that. <laughs> yeah hot take. <laughs> i listened to this song twice and it was good both times no, i thought it was uh I, th- I do think it is really good um i love the samples in this thing i love the the breakdowns it's really it's simple and it's done really well. And I think with Drake, the simpler it is, the better it is to do it well. And so uh, I applaud him on playing to his strengths here. A really fun track. All right, well, what'd you think, man? Uh, yeah, solid track. It, it's a hit for a reason. You know, you can listen to it two times and enjoy it both times you listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and shout out, uh, what's his name, Trap Benny. Um, he's been just killing instrumentals. He's been leaning on that New Orleans bounce sound a lot. And uh, that sounds is strong right now. I'm definitely taking it. It's perfect for the summertime, that New Orleans bounce. And that's the same reason why In My Feelings popped off. It has that same bounce to it. And uh, it's not a shock that both records were produced by the same guy, kind of has the same style, and are two of the bigger commercially successful records on the album. Yeah. Okay, so this this one, Nice For What, is interesting. I'm glad you brought this one up because this is one of the ones that I, that I, that I almost wanted to bring up as one of my talking points because this was, an, this was a song that, Coming in, uh, coming into this album, so Drake released Diplomatic Immunity, which I liked, but but like, but I, I always knew that wasn't going to be on the album. I could tell by the rapping style that that was just something to have for the moment, to have conversation. Um, but God's Plan, Nice For What, and I'm Upset were the three lead singles. And before the album dropped, I did not like any of those three songs at all. Um, nice For What reminded me of like this this kind of like modernized leftover like this kind of he like he found something in the vault of Kanye West's graduation and then modernized it um and then modernized it with the trap sound um and again like you said that New Orleans bounce um kind of give it give it some more give it some more flavor for the club but you know as as the once the album came out I really really liked this song the more I sat with it it always, um, as far as the sequencing goes, in the pace of the R&B side, um, I'm not a fan of most of the start of the R&B side, but this is really where it picks up from here for me, um, and it's just, and it's always just every time after somber records like after somber records like Peak and um, and what's what's the third one? I'm forgetting. Uh, what's track three here? Uh, sorry. Jaded. Yeah, Jaded. Yes, Jaded. Um, it, it gives that nice energy back into the uh, pump some nice energy back into a slow and somber R&B side. So I just really like it for all the reasons, and it's now become one of my one of my favorite Drake songs off this 
off this record. So I really, really, um, I really enjoyed this, and this one came a long way. Was this uh, was this a record that you guys instantly liked, or you had to sit with? I liked it right away. It was the first time I heard it, I enjoyed it. You know, uh, anything that gets uh, ladies together feeling good about themselves, I'm down to support it. And I'll also say. The music video was fire and smart and made all the sense. And uh, that's why Drake is in the position he is, because he makes a lot of consecutive good decisions in a row. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, uh, like you said, Chris, the whole album itself is so stop and go. Whereas like this track's good. Next track, not so good. Next track, pretty good. Next track, forgettable. And by the time you got to Nice For What, it definitely was enough to snap you back awake. You know, Jaded was kind of slow you know kind of droopy in that sense you know there wasn't really a lot of pick me up i guess summer games was a little bit but this was the first song off of side two that i was like oh whoa this is something new this is fresh and it it definitely caught my attention and i think the reason it caught my attention was the reason i I liked it right away and uh i still like it two listens later i'm still a fan (laughs) where uh, all right, so before I toss it to Will Gill, quick side note here. Summer Games is a ripoff of 808s and Heartbreak. Just throwing that out there. Will Gill, all right, what's your record you want to highlight? <laughs> uh, I want to jump into track number seven, eight out of ten. And uh, I think this is this is the track where we get a lot of the good music, subliminal bars, mm-hmm. the hook. Your sister is pressing play. Your trainer is pressing play. Your wifey. Your wifey. Th- that bar is so hard because well, yeah. Gil, I I don't know if you've heard this, but um, but I've I've heard I I seen Joe Budden kind of allude to it, and I've seen others kind of tiptoe around it. There might be a rumor out there that Drake done smashed a certain Kardashian, one that Kanye would be upset about. Yeah, it. It's in character for Drake and Kim Kardashian to have sex with each other. It checks out. Drake <laughs> fucks superstars. Yeah, but Superstar who hasn't had sex with Kim Kardashian, though? I know. That's but not that's that somebody... impressive. Drake also has sex with poor stars, so there you go. But, Makes sense. Yeah, say, it's not impressive, but it's definitely a, a punch in the gut if that's your wife. Man, you know, how crazy I, would it be if his if his alleged disc record that got that got stashed in the vault? I guarantee you, if that if that if that is actually a true thing, and we're just and we're not just being assholes and speculating, but if that was actually a true thing, man, I guarantee you, there's a there's a there's a basically a Tupac bar in there where it's I fucked your wife. Yeah, mm-hmm. you uh, you washed motherfucker. <laughs> you Republican motherfucker, not. Nah. But anyways. <laughs> Um, I would say the hook alone is definitely a super troll. It makes me chuckle every time. Oh yeah. Your sister is pressing play. Your trainer is pressing play. And then the way he just staggers that your wifey is just whoever came <laughs> up with that is just that's a great idea. And like uh, Platy said, Joe Budden uh, br- does an amazing breakdown of this track. I'm gonna be sharing, you know, a lot of that he shared. Uh, couple weeks ago about this song Mm -hmm. so if you want to dive in a little deeper make sure you go check that out yourself yes but the whole first verse is directed at goodzik the wordplay of i'm a good guy goodbye Mm -hmm. it's only good in my city if i said so all those bars are playing off the name good music and they're like it's so clever that it could kind of just go over your head um because he's not like emphasizing good and that's what i like about drake He's being so subtle about these jabs that he's throwing at good music. It's like, okay, I like that. If you're not going to give me a full-on response, just give me very little little things to just, you know, wet in my palate. You know, it makes me want a <laughs> little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Right. And uh, the, the, the subs are littered throughout the whole record. Who grips the mic and kill a France? We all know that Drake and Kanye been having a long rocky relationship so you know there's no beat there the only thing you hear is who likes to grip they mic and kill their friends drake is hurt <laughs> you know and uh yeah. drizzy is about to drop the game is in disarray drake announced that he's dropping in june all of a sudden now push dropping in june kanye dropping in june nas cuddy ho beyonce the game is in disarray you know <laughs> <laughs> drake got them Everybody 
wanting to put out the albums. And then um, if you just listen subtly to like the bars that uh, he's given to Kanye and good music throughout this song, you could tell why the song's called Eight Out of Ten because Drake's been fed up with Kanye. He was out of he was out of eight, and now he's about to go up to a ten because he's frustrated. To me, this song is like a harder version of Zero to a Hundred, and uh, shout out Boy Wonder too because the beat is flames. And uh, yeah, eight out of ten. Floor is y'all's if you guys want to dissect anything. Yeah, I loved this. I love this record. Um... Again, you know, the very first line, like you said, the second line, the who grips the mic and likes to kill their friends. I also think that the first line is that Kanye, too, when he says, too rich for who, y'all just got rich again. Y'all referring to good music, Pusha T is now popping off. He's way more popping than than he's been in years, as far as the mainstream eye goes. Um, and Kanye, we all know about Kanye's personal debt that he had in 2016, I believe it was now, or 2017. I'm drawing a blank, but... um. But uh, so that was so that was definitely directed at Kanye and the Good Music Camp, and also, also the one the very subtle one that I think only only a few people will really know is the one where in the second verse where Drake says the neighborhood is smoky, y'all stay safe in this place. Now, if y'all don't know, Drake and Kanye, it's established that they're that they're neighbors, that they are they are legitimate neighbors which is really weird considering everything that's going on now. So he's saying the neighborhood is smoky. Y'all stay safe in this place. You know, basically saying that Kanye is kind of not to be trusted, that Kanye is a guy you don't want to be around. And that makes sense because of, because where Kanye comes into the push of T beef is that it's very, it's very likely to assume that Kanye was the one who fed Drake or who fed push a T the information about Drake and his kid because when Drake showed up to Wyoming to do the album with um, with Kanye where again he wrote on Yikes but didn't get credit for it right away and um, and things of that nature but when he was there he showed Kanye the song March 14th which was a, obviously Drake you know addressing the fact that he had a son so Kanye who's been wanting to kill Drake forever has been said ha, gives this a Pusha T and says okay so then Pusha T does some little journalism work shout out to Pusha T and his journalistic work I'm here at MSU studying yeah. journalism so you know shout I respect you from one journalism to a, from one journalist to another yeah and shout out Adonis as well um, shout out shout out Adonis for 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 uh, for leading one of the hottest bars of of the year or setting up for one of the hottest <laughs> bars of the year. But yeah, that so keep motherfucker playing border control. That shit was so hard. Yeah, that, <laughs> ugh, that was that just the the way he says you are hiding a child too just <laughs> cracks me up every time. You are hiding a child. Like he couldn't be more direct with those words. Like you literally understand exactly every word he's pronunciating. But anyways, um, so that's where all the Drake. That's kind of to catch everyone up to speed on where the Drake Kanye thing um, falls through at least recently falls through is that drake's upset that he trusted kanye he helped kanye then kanye turned around and basically gave push the ammo to essentially destroy him so that's that that's that neighborhood line that and again this was all brought up um better and and, and explained better in joe budden's podcast so uh go check joe budden's podcast uh when he talks about scorpion because he's he really breaks it down he breaks down pretty much every bar on each side uh, on the rap side of the album that's at kanye which is which is a dope video, but yeah, Andrew, um, what were what were kind of your thoughts at 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 the at this record and the Kanye bars specifically? Uh, yeah, I thought the neighborhood is smoky uh, was just about wildfires. So thank you for uh, uh, educating me about that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, we'll just you're, <laughs> you're in cat, right, man. You stay safe, man. Yeah. Y'all stay safe out there. <laughs> no, I think it's good. I mean, a lot of this is you know. This is a good song. I did, I did enjoy this one. Actually, very take care like, right? Very take care. Nothing was yeah. the same, right? Uh, like, right? Like he had that. He had that energy that he doesn't normally have. And so this was the closest thing we got to like a full on assault, assault Drake. I think as far as the energy goes, would you guys agree? Yeah. And then yeah. real quick, and real quick, Platty, um, to your to your point about like uh, Drake living down the street. Sorry to backtrack a little bit. But uh, on the couple songs later, Can't Take a Joke, opening bars, 
Uber X or Hidden Hills, give them something they could feel. If they come to Hidden Hills, they know what the deal. We just ride up up the road. You can hit it with a stone. Who live yeah. on the road and who can Uber it over to the house and get the Uber sent back? And when you go up, you know what it is? Bro. Andrew, I don't know how you're saying that Drake isn't saying anything on this album. I get it's not up to expectation, but man, I, w- I want to say Drake. Drake. The reason I'm out. saying he's okay. not saying anything is because everything is so convoluted in these lyrics, and I understand that you know some people may take it for genius. I I appreciate that you appreciate the the subtle hits, like the little little taps where you're like, oh, he's getting them there, like, oh, he's getting them there. But for the common viewer, this is going to go over so many people's heads. And, you know, right, and the fair. reason I just don't respect it is because on the one hand, like, Pusha came out and went for his life. Drake is still <laughs> hiding behind A1 Beats and just dropping little hints here and there. Oh, oh, here's a little tease. Oh, I'm making fun of your house, you know. I don't know. <laughs> to me, it's just like, dude, you either come out and you say it or you don't. You stop hiding behind, you know, whatever team hey, got back there. Just if you want to come out and say something, come out and say something. Stop, you know, tiptoeing around it. That's why I have a problem with it. It's just like, yeah, it's clever. It's funny. But you're not really in a position to be joking around anymore, dude. And I think I understand. that is kind of where I'm going at it. Fair, yeah. Fair. Yeah, I understand. Also, also one last thing before we move on um, is that there's also the there's also the neighbor line um, van parked across the street. Real subtle, guys. I think that could be a nice shot, like Kanye sitting in the van with some with some super uh, with some super like satellite equipment, trying to trying to get get to the studio at Drake's house and yeah. try to get the the freak pick up on the frequencies. Yeah, Kanye, Kanye Drake's in the making. white van. Kanye in the white van is like. Did he say he had a son? Did he have a son? <laughs> Insta? Tell the world, you know, like what the fuck? <laughs> man, dog. Somebody's got to make some videos about that. Somebody's, <laughs> somebody's got to kill that shit on, on on YouTube. Make some Instagram videos or some shit about that. But all right, so I want to jump back to the R and B side for my for my final record that I want to bring up is "Don't Matter to Me" with uh with Michael Jackson. Now he had, which was dope about this album, is he had, is he had two public, uh, he had two big features. He had, he had the goat on the rap side, and he had the goat on the R and B side, and so he has Michael Jackson on it. Interesting. Um, so immediately coming into this, um, immediately coming into this, I have high expectations because I, I'm looking at my friend Chris, and I'm, and I'm pause, and and right before we start this record, I'm like, all right. The thing is, is he has to, because of the controversy, because of even Pusha T even went as far in that diss track to question his quote-unquote blackness or however you want to put it, um, or his or his place in, in African-American culture. And so I think that, uh, I think, so I think that like coming into this, he ha- he couldn't do this Michael Jackson feature wrong or else it was just going to be an absolute ridicule, like, he was giving you guys the ammo to destroy him, so I knew he had to come in strong. But uh, and I think he did because I love the very poppy, spacey, uh, soothing instrumental. Uh, Mike's bridge vocals sound really rough to me. Like they sound like like when I first heard those, I thought, oh man, these are like some vocals that are, you know, he was recording right before he went on tour before he passed, um, or while well, he was prepping to go on tour before he passed, and um, that's kind of what I thought. But the hook sounds like vintage Mike to me. Like, the hook sounds so smooth, and the match between Michael Jackson and the instrumental itself is perfect, and Drake does his, uh, some of his best singing. It's a perfect, it's, it's a perfect tune for a reflective late-night drive. I really love this record. It's one of my favorites. What did you guys think? Mm, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I do think it's a, it's a subtle song. It's nice. It's smooth, like you said. I just I don't know man. I to me I think this was in Fantano's review that he did. He he put it really well and how I feel about this is that old recordings that an artist didn't release intentionally are like up for sale 
and we have all these new artists that are grave diggers just digging up these old recordings because you know the studio owns them and they're up for sale and like to me it's like if michael jackson the king of pop music did not release this music then who gave drake the authority to release it and put it on his track that's the only problem i have with that and it's it to me it's like even if it's good which i don't think it's it didn't blow me away you know this isn't some like oh my god michael jackson you know he says maybe like seven different words you know that just that's remixed again and again and again to me i'm just listening to it and once you know melon said that i was kind of like oh man he's right you know this is kind of sad that you know they've got no control over this you know really and it's all about money it's all about making records you know the song it's good it's solid but you know is this the kind of you know music that we want to be making with drake you know putting michael jackson on his track it's just so much clout you know it's like oh i got mj on the track okay great you know maybe you should really think about how good mj is versus you know kind of where you are and how you think you can just buy him a track I don't know. I was after I heard the review and I saw that perspective of it. I, my whole attitude changed about this track, man. Okay. Yeah, hmm. I think that's a separate issue. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but no, 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 not to discredit it at all. I think that's a very fair point. It's a very fucked up thing that the industry does. That it basically just shops around and sells, um, you know, vocals that uh, after an artist has passed. Um, w- w- real quickly before I toss it to you, Will Gill, um, I did want to point in that, uh, to, to my knowledge, it is a, actually from a recording session in 1983. So it's, so it's far, okay. it, it's far away. It's like, it, it's, uh, it's along the lines of like the prime Michael Jackson. And that was the thing that I said, uh, that I said when I brought it up too, was that I, I had wondered, I immediately wondered, was this something that was recorded late or early in his career? And it was... Um, allegedly from a studio session in 1983. So, um, anyways, Will Gill, what do you want to say? Um, yeah, uh, on the purchasing the Michael Jackson feature, you know, post his death when he has no say in it and his music that's unfinished. Drake got twenty, supposedly got twenty million dollars for each disc of this uh, double album from Apple to like have it there exclusively for a little bit. So I know the Michael Jackson family got a pretty penny from this. Um, from this feature. Mm-hmm. So I would say if I had a famous father that passed away and Drake came to me, knocked on my door and said, Hey, do you want all this money? And I, I could show you that the song isn't going to suck. I could almost guarantee you that the family is the one getting the money outside of like after the labels get their cut, obviously. Mm-hmm. But since the money is going to the Jackson family, I personally am not that affected about buying uh, that feature spot. And then, um, so that point out the way. And then I would say I was more excited to see the Michael Jackson feature when I saw the track list of the album. I saw Michael Jackson. I was like, oh, man, this is very interesting. This is a this is a pretty big flex by uh, by Drake. And I would say I was the song to me was saddled by expectations. It's just when I mm-hmm. see the Michael Jackson feature, I think they play the song safe. You know, they did the little Michael Jackson type instrumental, just soft, subtle instrumental. Drake's not taking too many risks. And I think that's what happens when you have Michael Jackson. Like you said earlier, like the stakes are very high. And uh, the OVO team just felt like they were going to play it safe. And then they just wanted the flex of having Michael Jackson there. And this is, and, and this is something that Drake's been doing for a while. All you have to do is just look up all the Aaliyah samples that is in his music. And I believe on a couple albums ago, he dropped a, a couple of Aaliyah hooks, sampled them, and those music wasn't put out. So this is something that Drake does, not regularly, but more often than other artists do. Yeah, that's interesting. All right, you guys ready to get into the final uh, the final overall thoughts and favorite tracks of this, al- of, of this album? Yeah. All yeah. right. Let's do it. So I'll take the lead here. I'm feeling a 7 out of 10. The rap side to me is very... And, and to break down, um, I got like a... I got like a... 
I got like an eight for the rap side, and I think the and I think the the singing side is you know like a like somewhere between a five and a half and a six, um, somewhere somewhere around there. But uh, so overall, it comes to a seven for me. Uh, the rap side is very direct. He sounds poised, confident, and inspired more consistently than his last several projects, probably since nothing was the same. Maybe if you're reading this, it's too late as far as the the as far as his confidence goes. Um, which is a big deal to me. Um, and it's impressive to me because it, this is, you know, this is like we talked about. This is a time where he has the most question that he's ever had upon a, a release. He's, he has the most um, attention on him as, and, the most, uh, and the most questions to answer. Um, on Emotionless, though, he plays victim. But, uh, but uh, on Is It More, he tries to, you know, he tries to say he's never been challenged and he tries to um, play, play the big dog. So he tries to play both sides of the fence. So, that's one thing I don't like about the rap side. That's kind of hypocritical. He kind of bounces back and forth between, uh, between the two, and um, he does kind of experiment with song structure a little more on this one than his last two projects. Uh, but there's still quite a few uh, formulaic songs. The R&B side to me is just not that good. I love Summer Games, um, Nice for What, That's How You Feel, um, with the dope Nicki Minaj sample. Um, In my feelings, of course, don't matter to me. You know, has has some good records. Uh, Ratchet Happy Birthday is bad. Um, it's pro it's probably, in my opinion, Drake's worst song ever. But uh, <laughs> I enjoy but, you know, that song. You know, what? it's I won't stupid, get... man. It's I supposed to be it. dumb and it's fun. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoy I... it for its stupidity. Okay, okay, good. Because I I was just gonna say I can't even knock Drake for it because I've been wanting him to do more out of the box things, and this is, I mean, as out of the box as it goes for Drake. So I'm glad I'm glad he's kind of doing creative risks like that, and um and it's definitely it's definitely not made the the record's definitely not made for me. It's for girls on their birthday. Um, <laughs> don't like don't like auto tune Drake, um but yeah it's just it it's just to me it I just don't care for the R and B side. It's it's a lot of it, it's a lot of slow records, a lot of filler bars. Like oh my god, I cringe every time at those bars in peak where um where he goes. Uh, something about saying peace and then he follows the next bar with I'm about to say my piece it's like bro you literally just said that like you're literally just dragging bars for the longest and it's a struggle so some of his slower records like peak and um, jaded are just not good at all to me but uh but he does have some highlights but the rap side is pretty much consistent I'll take I'll take like 10 of those 12 records and I, and I and I can fuck with with all with 10 of those records but uh, but the R&B side, I'm taking like taking like six from that side. So the R&B side is really what weighs it down. So that's why it comes to an overall seven out of ten for me, because um, obviously it it has little uh, listenable, a uh, little replay value as a whole because it is a double album, so it's super long. Um, but and and when it comes down to it, one side is far less, um, far far less. Far less impressive than the, the than the other side, and so my favorite records to sum it up: um, Emotionless, eight out of ten. Uh, can't take a joke. Is it more? Don't matter to me. In my feelings, uh, and Summer Games are kind of my uh, feelings. So, Will Gill, where do where do you want to go? What do you, what's your overall thoughts? Um, and what's your rating out of ten? Where uh, I'm like you, disc one is where I'm mainly at on this album. Uh, those are all the songs I enjoy most. If you guys are paying attention, y'all know my two highlight records are from the disc A, so I'm heavy there. Uh, I think A is very strong. Um, intro song, Survival, we already said, great record, not great record, but good record, nonstop. I kind of like Drake t rapping tough on that album. If I ignore the Pusha T disc song, I could handle Drake rapping tough, like, give me my respect. You know, <laughs> I enjoy the sonics of it. Uh, Elevate, uh, track number three. I like the hook on that record. It's not a rollie, not a stopwatch. Shit don't ever stop. Uh, it's just a nice, fun Drake record. Then it goes into Emotionless. Then it goes into God's Plan. Then it goes into the next single, I'm Upset. Then it goes into 8 Out of 10. Then it goes into my I'm Upset's trash. Hold on, fam. You, you yeah, but people, no, I, I personally don't. But there's a lot of people out here that like I'm upset, so I'm just going down the list of like songs okay. that are like acceptable at minimum. And yeah. then uh, Mob Ties is like a record of like Drake rapping about his connection to Jay Prince and you know why he can't really 
make a response to push a T. I thought Can't Take a Joke had some interesting bars about uh, yeah. Hidden Hills, a neighborhood that he lives in, and the people that live in there. Sandra Rose, I thought, was a strong record. Yes. Introspective Drake on there. Right. And uh, he, he, I thought he was rapping tight on there. Two girls that I like to... Uh, Two girls that I rope like Indiana Jones. I make them hoes walk together like Amber Rose, one of my Yo, favorite. Yo, that was a bar. And then uh, Talk It Up featuring Jay-Z. Jay-Z, solid, oh, yeah. solid. Nothing nothing really that got nah, me No, that Jay-Z oh. verse was great. Hold on, fam. He said, I'm, I ain't on the gram. You record who I am. God to these dope boys. How could you not be a hoe fan? Yo, that verse is incredible. He has so many bars, you know. Uh, stand-up people we only duck in indictments bro he had bars on that record jay-z no jay-z snap of uh, staying close enough to hope smell like a kilo still come on dude come on will go don't play with me like he i said snapped. jay-z verse very good uh, <laughs> and then track number 12 is there more we talked about that record earlier so to me especially this disc a very strong and then like you said it pretty much takes to me, uh, a drastic drop off at this too. <laughs> <laughs> I just pretty much, I never really enjoyed this like R&B pop Drake. To me, it just seems a little bit too much formulaic music. Uh, I thought there was nothing interesting Drake really says when he be rapping besides like what happened to us. You know, like those, those are pretty yeah. much Drake when he's like singing. And and uh. I enjoyed track number six, Ratchet Happy Birthday. I thought the hook was fun, but maybe that's me. I'm just a sucker for like birthday <laughs> funny moments in my hip hop music. Like sometimes I just play 50 Cent in the club just to be like, we don't give a fuck if it's your birthday. You know, and, and um, <laughs> I, I thought Blue Tent featuring Feature Future was nice. I still like In My Feelings, even though uh, the challenge is doing all it can to kind of ruin that song for me. Yeah. So uh, I thought it was a strong album, a lot of good moments, especially on disc A. Um, the grade would be higher if it wasn't for disc two, but I think the album solid. I like it more and more every day. I would give it a very, very, very light A out of 10. Okay. What are you oh. thinking, Andrew? Oh, man, you know, I'm generous. <laughs> no, I look, I mean, I, I understand a lot of stuff that Drake does. You know, I, this is not his first time around the block this is not the first time we've heard this type of album been released um it's just you know to me it's getting old and it's not really getting better you know it's kind of stagnant we're kind of going horizontal at this point i just think uh, for me drake his biggest problem when you separate songs to songs he makes a lot of great singles you know like nice for right. what good song you know god's plan pretty good song emotionalist pretty good song and then we get to the album as a whole, and you're like, well, what happened? And I think it's just the length, and it's it, it really is the order of the album, the songs. You know, I understand that this time he tried to do side A, side B, you know, oh, this, you know, disc one is the rap, and disc two is the R&B. But if we're being completely honest, this album is an hour, 20 minutes. Views, you can listen to that on show. Cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. Views was an hour, 21. Take Care was an hour, 30. Okay, just because you make it a double album, you know, it's not longer. In fact, like more of life is just as long, you know, as this one. It's just, I, I it's like he literally doesn't know how to f make an album. You know, he makes good songs. The music is good. The production is well done. You know, the lyricism is mundane it's it's at a level that you can just sit back and enjoy and you don't have to think too hard about it you know if you're into the beef you can look a little deeper and say okay i found a gem here i found a gem there but to me it's just it doesn't make sense together as an album i don't think it's well put together you know you can look at other albums released by other people that are just as long if not longer and work really really well while com combining all the things that he does here you know, we talk about, I know it's, you know, the greatest album of this decade, but To Bimp a Butterfly is a long-ass album, dude. But it's a really, really good long-ass album. Because it is an album that was worked as a one project. Drake makes albums, like he comes in the studio like once a week, writes down a track, puts it over some random-ass beat, and then puts it in a, like a USB drive. And then at the end of the year, he takes all this 
like songs that are in file folder A, and then he releases it in a, as an album with like no thought at all. All I want is like a little bit more care, a little bit more concentration, just something to make me actually believe that he is meaning what he's saying. Because the goat, he calls himself the goat. I don't believe it. I don't see it in the lyrics. I don't see it in the production. I don't see it in the focus. How I don't understand how you can be hard on side A and then complaining about the same girl five songs straight in side B. You know, you got to pick a side. You know what I mean? Like, I'm all for feeling yourself, like, understanding your weaknesses. That's that's fine. But a lot of other rappers have done it, and they've done it ten times better than Drake's been doing it for, like, the past ten years. Um, so for me, it's a six out of ten. You know, I, to me, it's not as bad as it could be. Uh, there Obviously, it could be worse. Obviously, it could be better. I'm just not impressed. And that's really all it is at this point. Well, damn. So, what are what are some of the records? What are some of the records you're returning to, Andrew? Are there any records you're returning to? Yeah, I like Emotionless. I think that's a solid track. I think that is one that, when it's all said and done, we'll look back and say, yeah, that was really good um, writing on his part. You know, nice for what? That's one I'm. Uh, I'll probably play two more times. Um, <laughs> I think you know, Ratchet Happy Birthday. That's right up there with. All I want for my birthday is a big booty hoe. Okay, <laughs> we have got like we need a top five birthday songs to play, and I think it's he's instantly put himself in that contention. So when it comes to my birthday, if I don't hear that song, it's a crime. But other <laughs> than that, not a lot of these tracks I'm going to be coming back to right away. You know, I'm going to give it a while, maybe listen to it towards the end of the year when we're making our finals lists. But I, I don't intend to be blown away a second time or have a, a revelation or anything interesting well gil i i forget did you did you mention did you point out some of your highlight records or what yeah, some I of pretty, your favorites yeah. yeah i went through like pretty much said the whole okay yeah he said the entire side eight <laughs> pretty much yeah yeah that's right that's right that's right yeah um, call me ovo will gil from here on out no shout out ovo vante man uh, <laughs> You're with you're with this brother, um, Will Gill. You gotta you gotta press him. You gotta make sure he hears this when it drops. Definitely, definitely. Um, but all right, gentlemen, thank you for coming on, man. This was great. This is interesting. Um, I thought double album, double review. Uh, had to get my guys, Will Gill and Andrew, together, man. I I want to thank both of you for taking the time to come on. Um, Andrew, again, the president of the MSU Hip Hop Club, get in contact with him if you would like to, um, if you would like to join the club or myself as well. I'm very involved with the club as well. Um, and then Will Gill, of course, check out his podcast, the Hip Hop Review Podcast. Will Gill, why don't you go ahead and uh, and, and plug the podcast? Because I I always for I always forget the username. It's just HHRP Pod, right? Yeah. If you want to find us on Twitter, hit us up at HHR underscore Pod. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm on Hip Hop Review Podcast, so we on every platform. Just Google us if you want to fuck with us. And uh, thank <laughs> you, Platty, for having me on, homie. No problem, guys. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad both of you came on, and uh, I'll be having both of you back soon. Yeah. <laughs>